0: You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 43. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Welcome back to The Jill Monaco Show, where I have conversations with friends who will inspire you to love well. If you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I have a passion for freedom. I teach and speak and coach with just a passion to see you be everything God's created you to be. And my guest today shares that passion. Carrie Oles is a speaker, author, and founder of a ministry called I Am Unlocked. Her humorous, straightforward approach and in-depth biblical insight is healing hearts and transforming lives as she delivers messages of encouragement, freedom, and victory by loving real and being real. Her desire is to help you own your story about where you've been in the past and lean into allowing God to rewrite the rest. Carrie and her husband, Philip, live in Dallas with her two teenage boys. So do you feel stuck do you know that there's more to life but you aren't sure what's holding you back? I am positive my guest Carrie will encourage you today. So let's go
1: head on over and talk with Carrie. Hey, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> hey. So excited to talk to you, Jill. You're just so amazing. I mean, seriously. Thanks Aww. for doing what you do. And thanks for having me.
0: You're so welcome. I'm so glad to have you. It's been way too long that we've even caught up. So we're just going to pretend no one's listening and we're just going to get caught up.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) You know, that's not really true because I really want, there are certain things I know about you that I want the listeners to know too. So um, you've got so many new things going on that I was telling you before we started this call that I'm stalking your social media because you're so much fun.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Yay, I love being fun. Fun fun is the
0: best. And for a lot of people who have gone through really hard stuff, I think fun is kind of hard to come by, don't you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so much of our lives we think, you know, the only way we can get healing is this probably this deep theological view of healing. When really, um I, I kind of think that there's uh healing in humor. Um And when you're talking about really deep subjects and you can sort of make those more lighthearted, then your heart kind of receives the message of the healing easier. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. that's just how I view it. That's how I view it. So my books are always comical because I, I want you to laugh at yourself and then I want you to get real with yourself.
0: Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And you do that so well in everything, not only in your books and speaking, but like I said, social media. So make sure you all follow. I usually say this at the end, but be sure to follow Carrie. I'll leave all that information in the show notes. But Carrie, give everybody just, I mean, I did a kind of an intro bio to you, but yeah. if you want to let people know, like, who are you and why are you passionate about freedom?
1: Well, because I didn't meet Jesus till I was 30 years old, and when I was in my very first church at 30 years old, I remember looking around thinking, okay, so I did the thing. I said the prayer of salvation, and I, okay, now I'm saved. Okay, yay. Now, how do I stop thinking the thoughts that I'm thinking? How do I stop feeling the way I'm feeling? How to I stop the way I'm speaking and how to stop acting the way I'm acting. Mm. I didn't really know I was thinking those thoughts consciously, but in different scenarios and around different people, I would I would be aware that, okay, I am not like them. So is there like a, a scale that we got to climb? Is there a ladder? Is there levels of Christianity? What is there? And it wasn't until I began My own personal journey, my own personal counseling, um, private counseling classes, um, freedom classes that I began to understand, wow, okay, freedom is really just becoming the person you were created to be regardless of your circumstance. And so all of us are going to experience trials and, and trouble, but in those times, if we are really grounded in who we are and whose we are, then we can get through anything because God is with us. And so that's really my definition of freedom, because Mm. once I started leaning in and getting some healing for myself, I began to understand that salvation and saying the prayer of salvation is just only the start of your walk with God. Then, Then you can really lean into other places and get the stuff inside you healed. That's and that's so what freedom is to me.
0: That's so good. Well, let's go back before that. And um, will you share okay. what your testimony is so people know why you needed so
1: much freedom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that would be a really long call, but I'll do it short. Okay. Um, that's why I have three books, because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But, um, you know, I grew up in a family. Um, I was uh, sexually abused by my grandfather at a very young age. And, um, but I thought, you know, we were really normal people. You know, if we were to ask all the listeners what their definition of normal was, Mm -hmm. we'd all have a different one, but we, we didn't know any different as to how we were raised. So that just, whatever we grew up in was normal to us. And so as I thought we were a very normal family, I had three older brothers and they were just, you know, the star of our family. My dad was a real you know, guy's guy, but we didn't go to church, and I didn't know anything about God. I don't even know consciously when I heard the first um, word, God or Jesus, but I I didn't know him, and it honestly, it really didn't seem to matter until around the age of 12 um, on Christmas Day, my brother was killed by a drunk driver, mm-hmm. and it was such a, a tragic moment in our lives and of course, from there on, Christmases were never happy or the same. But from there, three days later, it was my first encounter with a pastor, and he was presiding over my brother's funeral, and he was saying things like, "God is a good God, and He loves His family, and He loved that boy." And I can I can just consciously remember thinking in my head and looking at my brother's casket, thinking, "Okay." I don't know this God, but if this is how he loves, I, I think I'm good. i don't mm-hmm. I don't really think I want that. And so that's what happened to my entire family because from there, we just went off the rails. and my middle brother, he got involved with um drugs and crime, and he was in and out of prison my whole life. i I don't even know where he is in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my youngest brother, he joined a cult um, in his search for the truth, and what that left is this teenage girl, and what she thought was normal became very a dark place mm-hmm. um, because there was no one left. And my parents, of course, they this is not hating on my parents. They couldn't help themselves. They didn't. They didn't know God, and they were very you know very sad, angry, and and bitter about you know losing all their sons, and now that I'm a mom, I can't really blame them. I don't even know how they did it. And so what I began to understand is, and hear, we say we can't hear the voice of God, um, but we can hear that voice that tells us we're fat, or we're stupid, or we're worthless, or we'll never have a husband, or we'll never have a life. We can hear that voice so loud and clear, and that is the voice that I began to hear, the voice of the enemy and he would tell me day in and day out, your parents wish it was you who died mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not good enough. You'll never be able to make them happy now that they've lost their three sons. And, and so I just lived in this place where I felt very unworthy of any type of love. And so because I had this giant hole in my heart, what do we do when we have a hole? We try to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so... um, as a young woman, I began turning to boys and men and I was very promiscuous. And by the time I was 26 years old, I was married and divorced twice. And, um, I was just very aware of how much of a screw up I was. That's just what I associated my life to. Mm -hmm. I was involved with abusive men. And, um, by the time, um, I was in a very abusive relationship and um, having physical abuse. I can remember thinking that's just the progression of the horrible life I deserved. Wow. Um, you know, because you know, people say, "How could you ever let a man hit you?" I would do this and I would do that. Right. But I tell them all the time, long before the very first punch or hit ever happened, the enemy had been beating me up for years. Wow. So. I absolutely believed I deserved that kind of abuse, and it wasn't until just by accident I happened to meet the man I'm married to now for 20 years, Mm -hmm. Um, the man I do believe God really designed for me from the beginning. Um, I met him, and uh, he took one look at me in the midst of a very dark time where I contemplated suicide many times. I... I was just living a very dark life and he was just like hey I I really want to date you but you're such a mess I really want to take you to church. And uh, I I did not want to go obviously. Um I was like what church? That's the last place I want to go. Are you kidding me? I'm so different from those people. <laughs> They'd kick me out, you know. And um but listen, he was hot and I really wanted to date him. Um <laughs> And, uh, so I went, I went on our first date and he took me to church and I just, the pastor started saying things that were way different than the pastor that resided over my brother's funeral. I mean, he started saying things like, you know, do you want to know peace? And I can remember at almost 30 years old thinking, what is peace? What does that even feel like? What is, what is is that? What are the life filled with peace? look like? I mean, I don't even know. Yeah. He started saying things like, you want to be whole and and make the best decision of your life and watch your life change and all these things. And I don't know, the Lord just wooed me at that moment. And all you saw was the back of my big Texas hair running down the aisle. And um, I gave my life to the Lord. And my husband um, obviously was the catalyst for that. Um, And he saw something in me that I could never see, but he ultimately led me to the one who helped me see things in myself that I never had before. And so, you know, all the time people go, well, you just got lucky because you met a guy, you know, but here's the deal. I always tell people, yeah, that was the avenue. God did for me. I mean, He intervened with a man, probably because I would be dead right now, or on the side of the road, or who knows where. Yeah. Um, he He interviewed, intervened with a guy because He knew that's what I was going to at that moment. Mm. That was a ten year season of me just going to men, and so He knew that that was the way He could get to me, and so He's going to get to you if you don't have a man or you don't have a uh, a life right now that right that you are happy about he's going to use other things to get to you um because i i've heard that before like well you just got lucky because you met a good guy yeah well actually that was just the avenue god used to get to me so
0: and god's so creative he does he there is nobody that's too much of a mess and that's right he he'll use whatever is in your life he doesn't say well i've got to get her to this point before i can get her saved
1: (laughs) Absolutely, like he, there. I I tell women all the time when I speak to you, there is nothing like that you've ever done, and too much of a mess that you've made of your life that God can't reach down and and show you grace and see you. Like Mm -hmm. there's 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 no hole too big for Him to find you in. You know. Yeah. So.
0: So fast forwarding to, so then you're in church with the story you told us in the beginning where you're like, well, how do I stop thinking this way and acting this way? And so (laughs) you had a process, you know, I think a lot of people think, well, now that I'm saved, you know, especially when you're young in the faith and maybe not the listeners here, but you know, now that I'm saved, life should be great. And we walk with God and we know it's not, doesn't always work out that fast. But here's where I think a lot of us um, believers, even myself, fall into is, okay. now I know life isn't going to be easy just because I came to the Lord, but that he's going to use everything and work it for his glory and my good. I trust him in that. But. I should be more mature by now. I should be more free uh, by now. I should, you know, it's it's all these expectations we put on ourselves when we hear, oh, I want to be who God originally created me to be. But if we don't arrive at that, like really quick, then we start beating ourselves up.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, I tell everyone, anybody that leads with, you should Or when you hear the enemy tell you, well, you should be further. Don't should on me. You know, (laughs) like that's what I tell people. Don't should me because God is not up there going, well, Carrie, you should do this. And oh, goodness, honey, you shouldn't have done that. Like that's not the kind of God that he is. He can't even do that even if he wanted to because he's so loving. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, um, I just really realized that six years into my walk of being a Christian that that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, okay, well, I have to have a quiet time that looks like two hours a day and I'm reading every book of the Bible. I'm memorizing scripture. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, like I had a list of what I thought would make God see me more or heal me more or what. Mm -hmm. And finally, six years into my walk, I learned that I was a daughter and a, mm. and a daughter has an inheritance and a daughter has a birthright. And so everything he offers in the kingdom is mine. And John 10, 10, says that he has come that I might have life and have it abundantly. But most of us evangelical Christians are only tapping into a pea-sized amount of abundance. And that is because we truly believe we don't deserve it. Mm. And so we have to begin to... Um, understand that, you know, saying the prayer of salvation is the first part of your walk, but you're going to have ups and downs and trials and tribulations, and there's no shoulds or, or shouldn'ts. Just be you with God. But on that process, being me with God, He led me to see that, hey, you know what? You've got some broken ways of thinking. And hey, you you've got Some beliefs about yourself that are holding you back from stepping into all that I've called you. And hey, you know, some of your actions that you're still choosing to do, you're still malfunctioning from inner pain and it's causing outward dysfunction. And so that is how I began my freedom journey of of knowing, hey, there's some stuff inside me that needs healing. It's as simple as that. And so how do I get that? There's no should, but how do I get it? I was right. in a room with um, a room full of sex trafficking survivors last night, and a couple of the young women were actually, they said, so you mean I, there's nothing I have to do? I'm like, no, you don't have to do anything. But the minute you start uncovering things that need healing, you're going to start to flourish, and you're going to start to, yeah you know, feel better about you because the minute you get some stuff that you've held in secret, that you've been in bondage to out, it's going to be so freeing. And so I think in our Christian culture, just by accident, we've given freedom a bad definition. You know, we think it's some sort of charismatic, you know, movement and there's going to be some weird stuff. And no, inner healing is simply being retrospective, get into some stuff and some places in you that need healing and getting that out. That's it. It's as simple as that.
0: And you mentioned something really good about, you know, you were, you had the, the shoulds like get in the Bible and read for two hours and, you know, memorize scripture, none of that. And I know you'd agree and you didn't mean this, but it's not bad. We should do that. But if it's to check it off the list and Instead yes. of because I want it to transform me, then yes. that's why it doesn't feel good to do it, right? Yeah,
1: that's when it becomes law, not
0: grace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I'm and i 100% think with you. And I think you're right in the inner healing. That's why we call it inner healing is because you need to heal the inside. And often we want to do behavior modification. I want to not yes. act yes. this way or do this thing. And when I first got saved, that was me. I was like, okay, I'm not, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm not going to make out with random guys anymore. I mean, that was my, that was my freshly saved goal. And man, that was, you know, difficult because I didn't have the relationship yet with God to know why didn't I want to do that? You know, why, why isn't that good for me? So it wasn't really my freedom journey, even though I had been saved for a while, didn't really begin. I didn't have the enlightenment about that until I got to Texas, where I know you from. And um, I was going to Gateway Church with you and um, taking the freedom classes there. And they started talking about these inner healing things. So, for maybe the listeners that don't really understand what we're talking about, I want us to kind of let's dialogue about that a little more. I mean, I think you mentioned this in your book. Um in unlock now the six steps to begin inner healing. And um and I have a chapter of it in my book, The Freedom Coach Model. But we both talk about early on forgiveness is one of the first things yeah. inner healing needs to happen. Yeah. Share more about that.
1: Well, the road for to forgiveness, I didn't even understand a long time ago. Forgiveness is the key component that will mm-hmm. begin your inner healing. I mean, it yeah. it just will because First of all, you—I mean—the Bible talks about it. Forgiveness is a daily thing, but we think to ourselves, "Oh, I I don't have no beef with anybody right now. I don't need to forgive anybody." But really, there, there—if we really searched, we could find people that we still have something against, or still, you know, holding the uh, grievance against, or, or maybe it's even ourselves. A lot of us can't forgive ourselves for our past mistakes, and that's who I was. I, I could not believe that there was a God who would actually forgive me for all yeah. of the terrible things I had done. And, um, but I had such a problem with it because for years, um, I mean, I didn't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> and I didn't know I was doing something wrong, but I would, you know, sit in a bar somewhere and I'd just be drinking and, 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 you know, just letting myself go and just, getting drunk so that I didn't have to see the face Mm. of my brother in my mind. And Mm. I would be cursing the man who killed him. And I would literally be telling my friend or whoever I was with, I hope that man has a bad life and Mm. I hope one of his children is gone. And I hope, you know, I said the most terrible, awful things about someone who caused me such pain, but the greatest sentence I ever heard about forgiveness, and it's definitely not mine, but they described it as you drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. And the minute I heard that, I was like, wait, I do that. I do that every day. Mm-hmm. And because that man is out living his life. But I also, the more I began to fall in love with Jesus and the more Jesus began to show me grace, I can remember thinking one day when I hear, heard a forgiveness message thinking, oh, my goodness if I can't forgive myself for all the things I've done, what must that man sit in his house and think about that he actually killed someone? Like all of a sudden I began to have such empathy and compassion for him. And I began to think, Oh God, how do you ever forgive me when I can't forgive him? And I just, I, I don't know. It was just like a light switch and it just clicked on and, and um, they said, hey, you know, if you can't get in touch with that person anymore, write him a letter. And so I mm-hmm. did. And I wrote him a letter saying, I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, but Jesus forgives you. And your sins are no different than mine. Even though one was killing my brother, like that's no different than me sleeping with a lot of men. You know, like right. I, I always thought there was a, you know, a level of sin and there's not. And so I wanted him to know that Jesus loved him, and I'm telling you that particular exercise of forgiving him set the trajectory of my life different. It just did. It does.
0: Yeah, forgiveness is huge. I think even when I work with um, clients, we walk through, and you mentioned this in your book too that we also forgive them for all the consequences we still have in our life. So not just the yes. event.
1: Yes. So good. Yes, we do. We, you know. And the event was that, but um, you know, the Bible says that God is our vindicator, and so many of us, you know, gosh, how many times has a man done me wrong? Whew, mm-hmm. I wanted to cut him, you know, and um, but I I can't do that, you know. I have to let it go and let God be my vindicator, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I have to be in relationship with him. Or that person, if it's harmful to me, it just means that inside me, I got to do that work.
0: Right. I always relate it to like, if we're in a hospital and somebody, you know, you know, hit me with their car, and now I have a broken arm. And so yeah. now I've got to begin the process of my healing from the broken arm. But right. you know, it's going to go better for me if I don't focus on that person anymore because the event is over; it's in the past. Now I'm focused on healing. And um, and one of the greatest things I find too is that um, that we just bless the person, like right when I don't yeah. want to. I'm like, God, I I'm going to bless. Say someone stole money from you. I'm going to bless them to be financially prosperous. Like, yes, let's yes. just destroy the work of the enemy and let's yes. use the very thing that was meant for evil and turn it around, you know, for good.
1: Yes. Amen to that.
0: <laughs> One of the other things you mentioned in your book um, that is also in mind, but our books, I should just say to the listeners, if you've bought mine already, very, very different books. Um, her Unlock Now ha- is so wonderful. I'd highly recommend it to anyone who wants to go through... Um, inner healing in a in a way that is more in depth. Mine isn't is more of a tool. Um, So Carrie shares a lot of great stories. But one of the other things you talk about in there, um, which I think is key to freedom, again, not doing behavior modification, but, you know, heart transformation is um, uncovering lies that you believe maybe about yourself, God or others. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, um, every day is a war of words. That's really what it is. And when we get up, we have to decide, are we going to buy into what the world or the enemy says about us, or are we going to believe what God says about us? And for me, that has taken many years. And I, I, I'll i be honest, sometimes there's something that comes up and I'll go, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not equipped to do this right now. I'm, I'm not as good as so-and-so on social media or whatever. You know, and, the, and God reminds me, you know, wait, no, Carrie. Here's who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, lies and, and negative narratives are always going to be spoken to us about us because the enemy wants to keep us down. I mean, the Bible says he gets up every day, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, and he's he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to kill the ways that we want to get better. He's out to um, steal us having dreams, and he's out to destroy relationships and lives, and he especially wants to destroy our relationship with God. And if he can do that by having us doubt what God says, then he wins. Right. And so, you know, for me, trading lies for truth is just a daily thing. So the minute I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm starting to look older or I don't like my hair today or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I begin to think about what, what God says about me and and even sometimes I have to stop and say, "Okay, God, what do you say about me today?" Because huh, I got nothing. Yeah. And and I just think that when we're conscious of the fact that the minute we hear a lie about ourselves, that's not God. The minute we can uncover that and go, "Oh, okay, wait, that's not God." Hold up, I don't have to. I don't right. have to do and listen to what the enemy says. Then we gain our power back, you know? Yeah. So, uh, exchanging lies for truth will be a daily thing that we have to do for the rest of our lives because it's a war of words. Yeah. So,
0: you know, and we, there's way too much of a, a high cost to pay if we agree with every thought that comes into our head because it's not always our thoughts. Sometimes it's the enemy's thoughts and he's trying to get us to agree with him. But God, if we would take the truth, you know, when people are like, well, I don't understand this lies truth, you know, it could be about the way you look. It could be about who you are, or it could be about, oh, that person is saying this about me. It could, you know, it's crazy stuff that we think about. And I've always, like I so many times when someone makes me mad or I feel wronged, the first thing I do now is I say, Lord, how do you see that person? So, it might be the truth of just God's perspective on a situation or a person yeah. that helps set us free as well. Yeah,
1: totally. Totally. Yeah.
0: Every time I look at your gorgeous hair, I have to repent. <laughs> Jesus, God, <laughs> you, you ripped me off. <laughs> Stop it. That's terrible. No, you have gorgeous there. Um, oh, you have no idea. So, um, well, tell us some other things that are in the book Unlocked Now. What are some other um, topics that you address in it?
1: Well, I talk a lot about um, using our misery <laughs> to be our ministry. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Unlock is an acronym. And so the N uh, stands for Never Negate the Negative. Um, so, in other words, there's going to be stuff that happens in our lives and we all have a story to tell. Have you ever just been sitting with someone? You're like, Oh, my story's not that. So uh, no one's going to listen to me or Mm -hmm. I need to have a bigger story or I need to have a prettier story or whatever it is. But we all have a story to tell and there's always negative. I don't care if you have come from the greatest family on the face of the planet and you grew up and everything was daisies and roses, you still had some stuff. And so Use that to now affect others. You know, once you've been healed in that space, then guess what? We're called to give a reason for our testimony. And so, you know, I I used to be ashamed that I had multiple marriages and that I was physically abused and, and whatnot. But God began to show me that, you know, that's the very thing that could help someone else. Don't be ashamed of that. Look, I brought you through that. Mm-hmm. You're healed in that space and you can now testify for others who maybe think to themselves, Oh, maybe someone's not married and they're like, Oh, I'm never gonna be married. Well, guess what? If you'd have married all the other ones like me, you might be multiple married. You know, like yeah. if you'd have married the wrong people, guess what? So I talk a lot about using the negative to um be the thing that helps change the world and change others around you and lean, leaving the past behind. And when I talk about that, I talk about, you know, our past does not determine our future. Um, it will help in, um, helping us get healed and changing others so that we can say, Hey, I've gone through that and here's how to get healing. Um, so leaving the past behind and then learning how to claim your success. You know, now the thing that I'm working on with Carrie right now is, you know, people say, um, if you if you say, hey, I'm a really good speaker, then people go, oh, my gosh, she's so, like, prideful. She's so stuck up or whatever. No, no. Um, we have to learn to claim our success in Jesus Christ. And he's given all of us different gifts and wirings and mm-hmm. things in our DNA that we, we can, you know, claim and say, hey, this is how I'm made and this is what God is doing in me. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then how to keep the course, how to, how to re- you know, maintain this push and pull relationship um, of You know, negative things happening and then positive things happening. How do we stand somewhere and navigate the truth of all that and keep the course when on days when we feel like, oh, Jesus, I just can't go on today. (laughs) I'm going to get in bed and watch friends all day long because that's (laughs) what I want to do. You know? Right. That's
0: so So, good. Well, what made you inspired to write the book? How did you get the acronym for Unlock?
1: Well, that was. Um, A moment, you know, we all have defining moments in our lives and and I meet a lot of women that go, no, I don't know if I did. No, you you did. You just need to think about which ones they are. But about three years ago, um, I I spoke in a place that I said I'd never speak. And that was prison Um, because I speak at women's conferences and and women's events. And people would ask me to speak in prison and I'd be like, no, I spent my whole life going to visit my brother in prison. I'm not going to speak in prison. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And one day this ministry was in trouble and it really needed a speaker for 200 women inmates. They said, please go with us. So I did. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my talk, this beautiful young woman came up to me and um, she looked like she could have been on the cover of a magazine. She was that pretty. And um, she said, I just gave my life to the Lord. And I said, Mm -hmm. oh, that's fantastic. But she was just shaking her head no. And I had Mm -hmm. given away uh, my book for real to all the inmates. And she said, um, you don't understand. She said out there, and she pointed to beyond the walls. She said, I don't know how to stop being me. And she um, was had been in there for seven years and was getting out in seven days, and she didn't even want to get out of prison wow. because she thought that she would screw up again and go right back. And she said, so I'd rather just stay. And sometimes pain makes us comfortable. It does. We, we, we don't want to get out of it. And that is the complacency is some of our biggest problem. And she just looked right at me and she said, well, this book, Make Me Like You. Now, I knew what she was saying. She was saying what I used to think when I just became a Christian and looked around and saw all these perfect people. Like, are there levels? What, how do I get to that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, Ugh, oh, you know what? The book will make you laugh. The book will, you know, point you more towards Jesus and help you, you know, heal. But are there steps? No, there there aren't any steps. And it was that day that I drove home from that prison and I said to God, if you'll help me, I'll put together something really simple and tangible. Even someone in a 10 by 10 prison cell to gain inner healing from. Um, and he began to show me throughout the journey of writing it that, you know, prison mentality doesn't just happen if you're locked up in a cell. It happens every day to every person when we're held captive and held in bondage to lies that the enemy speaks. And so um, I just wrote this really simple six steps to begin your walk of healing. And that's what I did.
0: And it has gone, like, I'm watching your social media, it's going into groups, <laughs> it's not just going into prisons, but no. into, so tell us what God has done with this book.
1: Oh my gosh, well, right now, it's in all the mercy homes, uh, Mercy Multiplied dealing with um, women of addiction and women, um, you know, that have maybe run away from home, etc. Um, we have, um you know, even twelve step programs asking if they can couple it with their twelve step programs. where it's going into the homeless shelters, it's going into sex trafficking homes. You know, it's never um to replace their stuff. It's always a supplement to go yeah. alongside what they already have. it's it's going to Cambodia, Honduras, mm-hmm. Australia like I can't even I, I can't even believe it. And most people, the thing that they say about it is thank you. It's so simple. Mm. And, you know, one of my sons looked at me and they go, Mom, aren't you sad about that? Like, you know, I bet no one ever looks at Beth Moore and goes, thank you. It's so simple, (laughs) you know, and he goes, doesn't that kind of insult you? And I said, no, because that's the way I am wired. God didn't put me on the planet to be this deep theologian. He put me on the planet because he knew I could say to someone that's sitting there and they just got done using or they just got rescued out of sex trafficking. And I can say, hey, that may not have been my entire story, but I I, I know what it's like to want to commit suicide. I know what it's like to feel like my life is never going to change. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like. And I wanted it to be simple. And so, no, it doesn't offend me at all. It's so funny the thing we think that, you know, is gonna be the offense can actually be the place where we overcome because now it's the very place that God is like using and and people keep saying, It's so simple, thank you and I'm like oh, Okay, yay. So <laughs> I'm thrilled it. with that. Yeah.
0: Well, I think when it goes back to just being you. And you don't have to try and be a theologian if you're not. Just I I, right. I one thing that I I love when I'm coaching people is helping them see that they are absolutely equipped to do the thing God's called yes. them to do right now. Yes. Like we don't need more I training. We don't need more anything. There is something. I mean, right. as you get more training, you can do different things, but right, right. now, you can do something We're right equipped.
1: now. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And that's truly
0: being what we've talked about. Like, we want to be who God's created us to be. It doesn't mean some place we arrive later. It's who did God make you to be right now? And then 10 years from now, that's going to look different.
1: Right. Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you you so much.
0: You are so welcome. I'm glad to um, just have this freedom conversation with you. And one of the things I would love for us to do as we wrap up is I would love for you to just – like either just give some words of wisdom or pray for people that feel stuck in their spiritual walk with God or, or hurting or or maybe in some of the places we've discussed on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I tell my boys all the time that I'm an elephant <laughs> and they'll go they'll go, Mom, stop. But if you ever have read about how elephants have been trained when they were only a couple hundred pounds, Um, you know, they were trained to, you know, step up on that little circle for the circus. And, um, they were literally had a chain that was clamped around their foot and tied to a tree. And so the elephant every day would learn that I can only go this far. And so by the time they weighed a ton and were 10 feet tall, they had just a rope around their leg because the elephant subconsciously was taught. That something that they could so easily break, it's so easily break that rope, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But it was
1: taught that that was more powerful than it was.
0: Right. And for
1: my life, I was taught that um, all the things that happened to me were going to be bigger than who I was. And um, I can absolutely tell you that God came in and He showed me no. I have an abundant life for you. I have a plan and purpose for you. And you are not limited by this chain, by the things that are keeping you down. And he came in and he unlocked that chain around my leg um, with forgiveness and understanding that my past doesn't determine my future and um, with understanding his real love for me. And so I tell my boys all the time, and I'll tell any of your listeners you know, you, have, you may be held back or limited by something right now, but God absolutely wants to unlock you from those places of pain so that you can step into all your potential and your purpose and your passions. He just really does want to do that for you. And um, get with someone, do a study like this one, do a study like yours, do, do anything that you can to gather more information so that you can get to the places inside you that He wants to heal and unlock.
0: Amen. I love that. Well, would you pray for people as we close today? Yes,
1: yes. So Father God, I just thank you so much that you would just give us time to just come together um, as a body and just gain some wisdom and understanding about how we're wired and who you want us to be. Father, um, you love us exactly how we are, but you do want us to have some places inside of us healed um, so that we can absolutely step into your abundant life that you've called us all to. And Father, I just thank you that social media and podcasts, listen, you paved the way for us to get a message out. When we're not in the same city, that we're not in the same sphere of people or church, you paved this way, and so God, I just thank you for Jill and for all that she does, and uh, God, I just thank you for every listener that is listening to this right now, that in you would just flood them right now by letting them know that they are 100% loved, they're 100% forgiven, and they are 100% called to the thing that you're calling them to do. And I thank you that you will open every door that needs to happen for all of them and they can walk right in to absolutely the thing that you've called them to do, God. We just love you and praise you. and We thank you for all the ways you're healing us in mm-hmm. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Carrie,
0: your heart is just precious and I just love you so much.
1: Oh, I love you too. Thanks for having me so much. It was was fun. It
0: was fun. Such a great time, and I'm gonna um, leave all of the links to everything we talked about today in the show notes, so people can find your book and your website. Um, Just real quickly, your your website. You have two. So there's CarrieOles.com, right? Yes. And or then
1: there's
0: Iamunlocked.org. I am unlocked.org. So I encourage yes. people to go visit Carrie and find her on social media, I'll leave all those links. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. Um, I just really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to the show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed and it'll be ready when you are. And second, if the ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help me to continue to reach others. please leave a review you can click on the link in the description and if you want to you can also give financially so you can support the show and we can continue having more great interviews like this one with carrie so thanks again for listening today everyone you can find out more about carrie at jillmonaco.com click on podcasts and you'll find the show in all the notes thanks for tuning in today my friends and remember love well you were made for it